Welcome to the Focus B Show, where Katie Stoddard, high performance coach, interviews experts around the world in performance and mindfulness. Now, here's your host, Katie. Welcome to the Focus B Show. Today I'm here with Monica Varela that I actually met in Barcelona a few years ago. And Monica is an expert corporate trainer in neuro-mentoring, mindfulness, and emotional education, all fascinating topics. So let's see how much we can cover today. Thank you for being with me today, Monica. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. The first thing I want to begin with is something that I think there's a lot of confusion about Mm -hmm. is what's the difference between mindfulness and meditation? Okay, that's a very good question. And I would say that mindfulness is the practice is that, well, sorry, I got it's mindfulness is the is what happens when you meditate, not only when you meditate, but it's this awareness that arises when we're paying attention to the present moment. Okay. So you don't have to meditate to experience mindfulness and meditation would be the practice when you sit down and you want to be present and you focus either on your body, on your mind, on a mantra, on your breathing, or maybe even in an image. So you can be, you can practice mindfulness when you're walking, when you're doing the dishes, when you're doing any activity. Okay. So it's just this awareness that arises, but meditation would be one of the formal practices of mindfulness. And for example, just there are people who may want to be mindful or practice mindfulness, but they don't necessarily want to meditate. And it's also possible. Mm -hmm. You can pay attention to your thoughts without meditating. You can walk and feel your body without meditating. So they're not really interchangeable, but they do confuse. I even got confused right now when I was starting to answer the question, you know, (laughs) but it's, yeah. I I love this. And I generally think of meditation as a sort of superpower for mindfulness. So I I agree with you. I think mindfulness is paying attention to the present moment. And like you said, it can be washing the dishes or drinking a cup of tea or a conversation I feel is often very mindful. But meditation, I feel, helps you to be more mindful. Exactly. Yes, meditation helps you. It's Yeah, when we train people in mindfulness, um, we always train them in the formal aspects, which would be to meditate to do yoga, which is to pay attention to your body or not necessarily yoga, but do uh, something that brings awareness to your body and to pay attention to your breathing. And then all the non-formal practices, which are these that we just said, washing the dishes, brushing your teeth, which can, if you're right-handed, you can maybe even experience brushing your teeth with your left hand to bring this awareness into your body without necessarily meditation. And when we train people in mindfulness, we do, my computer's moving, sorry. Yes, we, we use both the formal practices and the non, non-formal, informal practices. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I can see how both of these are related together. It's such a really, really fascinating topic. What got you interested in mindfulness and meditation to begin with? Well, that's a long story, 
but um the short I, version <laughs> yeah i'll give you the short version the short version was ever since i was 16 i was really interested in religions and i i practiced different religious paths we could say i didn't really take it seriously it was more like an extreme curiosity back then and when i was 20 i had difficulties in university and my mother told me, why don't you take a, a mindfulness course? Well, actually, no, she, taught, she told me, why don't you take a Zen course, a Zen meditation course? And that's how I started. Like the moment I started practicing Zen, um, I, I started meditating on a daily basis, going to retreats whenever I could, and I fell in love with the practice. So fast forward 10 or 12 years, um, I started giving guided relaxations and meditations in a hospital as a volunteer. And this was all through Zen meditation, okay? So not really mindfulness. And then four years ago, I decided to study mindfulness so that I could train people in mindfulness because it is a lot more broader than Zen because Zen is, it's, it's more of a spiritual path, whereas mindfulness, you can practice it and not consider yourself spiritual, even though for me, like it, it goes together with spirituality. Some people use mindfulness only to be better at their jobs, to have to be better performers, to be better speakers, and it's respectable as well. But for me, it was from the spiritual side, and then I wanted to help people in a more formal area. Nice, nice. I, I can see the different aspects of mindfulness that you're talking about from the mm -hmm. spiritual way of looking at it. And also you touched on something that I'm interested also in discussing, which is how mindfulness can affect our performance, either work or as a speaker. So tell us a bit more about that. As a personal ex like example, um, when, I, when I was studying in university, I, I had I was taking five courses, I remember. And then the moment I started organizing my thoughts, um, meditating in the mornings, you know, and being really more aware of what I wanted, I was able to take 10 courses and pass all of them with a really good grade. So I, like, I personally experienced how mindfulness can really help you. Um, at work, it makes you, it makes you pay attention more to detail. So then you make less mistakes. You feel like you have more time. Because, because you're living in the moment, you don't waste time. You know what you want. So it makes you more objective focus, I would say. So you're going to perform better. I also think you're going to be in a better mood. It's going to make you smile more, feel more gratitude. And that's going to give you this positive energy that makes it contagious and people want to be with you. So I think it's, it's always going to help you, whether it's at work or in your personal life. But, but I've experienced it in my own life. And that's why I wanted to share that story of university because, I mean, I remember like I was really tired at the end of the semester, but, but, I, but yeah, it wouldn't have been possible, you know, if I hadn't been meditating on a daily basis to finish that year, which is very, like, I don't want to get into it, but it was very important for me to take 10 courses, 10 classes in one semester. <laughs> Incredible. So it's definitely a performance booster. Yes. And do a lot more. I'm interested in something you just said right now, which is the relationship between mindfulness and time and this notion. I once heard if you feel you don't have enough time, then meditate twice the amount. So if you meditate half an hour, meditate an hour and you'll have more time. So tell us a bit more how you feel mindfulness impacts our relationship with time. That's a good question. Um, how it impacts our relationship with time, I think it makes you 
more aware of the time and by becoming more aware of how much time you have and you're fully embodied in every second, every minute, so you can make the most of those seconds and minutes. Um, there is no sense, like time disappears in a way. I can't, it's hard to explain and to put it in words, but because time disappears, because it's kind of like you become time and you take advantage of every second. If you know what you want to do, it's also important to know what you want to do in what in every single moment, you know? So I would say that time disappears and you take advantage of it more. Um, time is also difficult to define like a minute can last very long for one person and very short and it can be very short for another person it all depends on your circumstances but if you're very mindful and if you're very mindful i'm sure that you will be there for that whole minute yeah i don't know if i'm answering your question right there. yes but, yes i love this i love this when you say time disappears do you feel that then being mindful is the same as being in flow? Because this is one of the characteristics when you're in flow is your sort of notion of time disappears because you're fully engulfed in what you're doing. I, I could say they could, at, in certain moments, being mindful could be to be in flow. However, there are also other moments, perhaps. I mean, f with flow, you need this sense of difficulty, right? And sometimes there are moments where you can be, in, be, you can just be mindful, but not necessarily in flow, I think. Because for me, flow has to also give you this bit of hyperactivity that being mindful can give you, but not always. But for sure, they are related. Like if you're in flow, you're definitely being mindful, but not the other way around, I would say. Yeah. Love this correlation between yeah. if you're in flow, you're being mindful, but if you're being mindful, you're not necessarily in flow. Yeah. However, like there's maybe times, yeah, I don't know, maybe some people who are in flow, like a football player to them, they would be like, I don't even know where I was, you know, because they were so mindful that who knows where they were. And whereas when we're actually being mindful, it's, I mean, you, you really, you're there, right? You're paying attention and you're concentrated, but, but for sure they're related. They are. Yeah. We're just there. Yeah. This is absolutely fascinating because being in flow is also directly tied to peak performance. And I'm always really interested in this sort of combination or coordination between peak performance and mindfulness. So I, I sort of see it as mindfulness can lead to flow, which then leads to peak performance and how they all tie together. Yeah. But I also feel, like you said, that sometimes they're separate. So you can be fully mindful, but not actually be in a state of peak performance. If you're washing yeah. dishes, for example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or going it, for it, a walk. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can be going for the walk and in flow, but not necessarily, not always, I'd say. When we're, t when we're talking about flow and peak performance, the way you, you just related it, of course. Yeah. Other people are probably flowing and walking, and it's also a sort of flow. Yeah. <laughs> Let's touch a bit more on the sort of practical side, because some people might be listening to us and thinking, well, this all sounds fantastic. I want more to be more mindful. I want to be more in flow. What do you recommend to people that are sort of maybe starting off that aren't really familiar with mindfulness and don't really know how to be more mindful throughout the day? Mm -hmm. I would start by just setting a, a timer for one minute and stopping whatever it is that you're doing and starting with feeling your feet. Keep it simple, one minute a day. This is for someone who's never heard of mindfulness and has no idea, okay? But just stop, and if you have a minute, feel your feet. 
this is a simple way. And in that, in this minute, maybe you're going to feel that it's like a really long minute, you know, because you've never done this. You've never like stopped. And as like, as weeks, well, with, with time, you could make it two minutes, three minutes. And maybe instead of just feeling your feet, you could either, you can start feeling your body, paying attention to every single part of the body. You can also for five minutes and then 10 minutes. If this is very easy, I would suggest stopping and just feeling your breath. Okay. So we always, in mindfulness, we always work with our body or with our breathing and you pay close attention to your inhalation and close attention to your exhalations, like following your mind and your breath at the same time. And this is for someone, again, who's never done anything. I strongly suggest, though, if you're interested in mindfulness, to find a group and people that you can practice with together. Because when you practice mindfulness together, and when, well, here I'm saying mindfulness, but I would, I'm, I'm meaning meditation, actually. When you start a formal meditation practice with people, the group really helps you because it's still kind of, no one has taught us how to meditate we live in a world that is hyper-connected. We're always doing things. And when we begin to practice mindfulness and meditation, what we, what we start to do is to do less things, you know, fewer things at the same time. So we're training our mind to stop. And when we're with a group, like I was saying, I got us here, um, it, it really helps us to, to develop this concentration needed. Nice. So to summarize a few things that you said is first for people who have no experience at all, just spend a minute a day focusing on the feet and then with time start focusing on other parts of the body and then the breath. And then if they want to improve their mindfulness, they can join meditation group practices because that's very encouraging and supportive. I also loved what you said about we're in a world that's always doing and I'm very interested in the sort of relationship between doing and being. So can you tell us a bit more how mindfulness can help us be more and not do more? How mindfulness can help us be more and not do more. Or be more present, let's put yes. it this way, compared yes. to just doing stuff. Yeah, we're, I mean, the reality is that we're, we're always doing things from the moment we wake up, we're checking our phone, we're going to the shower. When we're showering, we're thinking about the things that we have to do, even though we haven't started doing them. And there is very little time for just being. And by being, I mean, but just being yourself and experiencing the moment without thinking about the things that we have to do. So when we train in mindfulness, what we do is we stop and we have that space to just be. And by being, it's first you need to stop, okay? You need to be by paying attention to your breathing, see what is there. And sometimes we might not even like what is there because there's a lot of negative thoughts going on in our bodies, in our minds, you know? And we think that this is what we are. And we do things so that we don't, so that we can't be these negative thoughts. But the beauty, the beauty of mindfulness and meditation is that you're not really the, those thoughts. But first you need to be them, which means you're not really being them, okay? But you need to listen to them to shut down the noise so that you can listen to these thoughts. And they can be negative thoughts or maybe just extra information, like information about things you've seen on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, or like gossip that you heard. Like there's all this noise in our mind. 
And with mindfulness, we get to be. So that means that we get to listen to the noise, shut it, well, just listen to it, then maybe categorize it and then shut it down. And with time, and sometimes it can take up to years, there's more space to, of silence. At the beginning, there will be no silence. If there's silence, I mean, amazing, okay? But with time, you can just feel the silence, be the silence, and realize that you're not those thoughts, you're not the things you do. But this comes from experience as well. Like, it's, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. I think it takes time be- before we're able to fully detach ourselves from the thoughts and see them from an external perspective and accept that we're not our thoughts. Uh, I think all of these things probably take time, but just having that awareness and just pausing from time to time to look what's going on inside is always a fascinating exercise. Yeah, for sure. And when you were talking about flowing, I think that when we're, we're in a, we're, when we're in a state of flow, we're in a state of being. And that's because you're just, you're, you're there in the moment doing, like it's a bit difficult and, and you're just doing what you know you have to do, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's being too when you're in flow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think flow definitely helps us to be more present and enjoy life more also. Enjoy, I think it's also, sure. yeah, that, that's another topic that you mentioned uh, earlier on about how being mindful can improve our mood. I definitely feel that meditation and mindfulness makes us happier. Can you tell a few words about this? It makes us happier because um, when, you, when you stop listening to all the negative things that are in your mind or paying attention to everything that's outside and you start being more connected to yourself, there's a sense of love, I would say, of compassion, of gratitude that grows inside you. And this comes when we give space to these emotions, to these feelings, and you and and then we become happier uh you can't expect to be happy though through the mindfulness practice okay it can't be something that you it can't be a goal or something that you think you're going to achieve but like just thinking about it makes me smile now because it comes naturally to you and that's because you start there there's more you create more space for the for gratitude for happiness for compassion thanks to the practice Yes, definitely. I also feel that the meditation and mindfulness as a side impact or result makes you feel happier. And what also happens is um, the happiness comes from inside, just from being, from because maybe you woke up in the morning and, you know, or maybe something small, you see a feather or a leaf like outside in a tree and this is where you feel happiness. It stops being like something external. A lot of people think they're going to be happy when they get a promotion or if they buy this dress or if they have this meal. And these are only external things that are, that we think are making us happy. But with mindfulness and meditation, you realize that you don't need those things. Mindfulness, uh, sorry, happiness is inside us and we can share it with everyone. And, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful journey. Yes, there's a lot in today's society about being happy because we finally get something or obtain something, whether it's obtain material possession or something intellectually, like a degree or yeah. knowledge or a status and feeling that actually we can just find that happiness inside in spite of external circumstances. It's both liberating and really empowering, I find. It is. It is. 
Yes, it's a lovely feeling. Are there any specific books that you've read that have really sort of impact your way of being and living? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> and I was um I was thinking, okay, what book? And I was I just need to look here on the screen because I always forget the name of the book. I'm sorry, but well, the one book that I like to recommend to everyone is called Everyday Sen. It's not directly about mindfulness, okay? But um, I mean, they don't talk about mindfulness. They talk, they talk about Zen meditation, but it's about how to practice the Zen mind, which is accepting everything, being in the moment. And it's called Everyday Zen by Joko Beck. She's um, a Zen Buddhist teacher from San Francisco, I think. And I would recommend it. And it has short chapters with a lot of advice about your daily life. And that, yeah, that's the book I would recommend the most. And then there was, sorry, I was looking at my screen right now. One moment. A book by John Kabat-Zinn. Okay, John Kabat-Zinn, he, well, sorry. He was the creator of the mindfulness MSB. I'm thinking Spanish now, so MBSR, sorry, the Mindfulness Best Stress Reduction Training. Okay. And I would recommend all of his books and wherever you go, there you are. Okay. And it talks about how mindfulness is about waking up to every single moment. And I would really recommend that book. And the four agreements was also a book that I read back in the day that, that I liked a lot. And I think anyone who's interested in mindfulness meditation with these three books, they will really motivate you to, to start a practice. And if you Google Elisha Goldstein, I don't know if you pronounce his name Goldstein or Goldstein. I think in the States it's Goldstein. He has beautiful books as well and a lot of YouTube videos about mindfulness that I would also recommend. Nice. Nice. That's a lot of uh, different recommendations. I read the four agreements and okay. the one that I think of regularly is don't take things personally. Yeah. <laughs> so I think every... Yeah, several times a week that comes back in my mind. I'm like, it's not personal. It's not about you. <laughs> yes, and, and with mindfulness meditation, you, you learn to detach from your thoughts. So you detach from taking things personally as well. And this has helped me a lot. Like, yes, even if someone says something that I consider is rude, I now know, okay, they're just being rude or I think they're being rude. Maybe to someone else, they're not being rude, you know? So it helps me to not take things personally. And I've also, I've also noticed that I changed the way I speak. Like right now I said, okay, this person is rude. Maybe before I would say, oh, this person was so rude to me, you know? Now actually I, I usually say, oh, this person had these, this behavior that I consider rude. I'm not sure if it was rude, you know? Well, that's one way of how I don't take things so personally. And I always have my ups and downs, of course. We all do. But, but it's important, yeah, to detach ourselves. Mm -hmm. I love this uh, interpretation way of looking at things. Like maybe I saw this behavior as rude. It doesn't mean the person was necessarily rude. That's so yeah. important. Yeah. Maybe that's the way they are, you know, and, and with mindfulness, we learn to accept people more the way they are. It's about accepting everything and yeah, accepting everything, but also not, that doesn't mean like to stop doing, you know, or to stop, like, it doesn't mean like, let's just be lazy and, and not do anything about the situations, the things that we don't like, you accept them. And then you have a new attitude to work, 
towards your goals. This just related to to your <laughs> to your work. To the doing part. We still have to do stuff, but we can also be and be more in peace and be more present. We haven't spoken about peace, but obviously it goes together with the happiness and the acceptance and the non-judging. I mean, it's a lot of different topics. We've touched on a lot of different things, Monica. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Before we go, where can people find you? Well, thank you for asking. If you, well, my my website is my name, www.monicavarela.com or on LinkedIn. I'm a lot more active on LinkedIn. I need to work on my website a bit more, but if you type in my name, Monica with a K, Varela, you you can connect with me and I'll be happy to connect with you. Thank you. Wonderful. I'll put your contact details in the notes of the show. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was so insightful in so many ways and I've learned loads, so I'm happy. (laughs) And I hope uh, that you listeners have also picked up a lot on what Monica has told us today. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Focus B Show. We would love to hear your feedback. Let us know in a review how this episode inspired you. Keep buzzing. 